to the Indian Creek Baptist Church podcast. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. Our website is www.indiancreekbaptistchurch.org or our email address is info at indiancreekbaptistchurch.org. It is our sincere hope that through this podcast, God will speak to your heart and touch your life so that you may grow closer to him. Wanted to uh, again thank the veterans that are with us. If you uh, happen to see any today, uh, make sure you thank them. Uh, but I wanted to give you a little history on Veterans Day. Um, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I often wondered why we have Memorial Day and we have Veterans Day and we have uh, Armed Forces Day and, and all of those different things. So I wanted to give you a little bit of the history of Veterans Day. Um, Memorial Day is the day that we celebrate those that have given their lives uh, in the service of our country. Uh, Veterans Day is a day that we celebrate everyone that is currently serving or has served in the U.S. Armed Forces. But Veterans Day is actually not just a U.S. holiday. Uh, It was originally known as Armistice Day, and it's celebrated all around the world. The reason that it's celebrated on November 11th is because that is when the armistice with Germany, with Germany went into effect after, to end effectively ending World War I. went into effect on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. So at 11 a.m. Uh, Central European time uh, on November 11th in 1918, uh, the peace treaty, the armistice with Germany went into effect and uh, effectively ending World War I. And World War I was a uh, just very gruesome and bloody war, um, and we're very thankful that uh, it is over with. But I want to read you uh, a speech uh, given by President Woodrow Wilson on the first Veterans Day, the first Armistice Day, November 11th, 1919. He said, A year ago today, our enemies laid down their arms in accordance with an armistice which rendered them impotent to renew hostilities and gave the world an assured opportunity to reconstruct its shattered order and to work out in peace a new and more just set of international relations. The soldiers and people of the European allies had fought and endured for more than four years to uphold the barrier of civilization against the aggressions of armed force. We ourselves had been in the conflict something more than a year and a half. With splendid forgetfulness of mere personal concerns, We remodeled our industries, concentrated our financial resources, increased our agricultural output, and assembled a great army so that at the last our power was decisive, was a decisive factor in the victory. We were able to bring the vast resources, material and moral, of a great and free people to the assistance of our associates in Europe who had suffered and sacrificed without limit in the cause for which we fought. Out of this victory, there arose new possibilities of political freedom and economic concert. The war showed us the strength of great nations acting together for high purposes. And the victory of arms foretells the enduring conquest which can be made in peace when nations act justly and in furtherance of the common interest of men. To us in America, the reflections of Armistice Day will be filled with solemn pride and the heroism of those who died in this country's service and with gratitude for the victory both because of the thing from which it was freed, from which it has freed us, and because of the opportunity it has given America to show her sympathy with peace and justice in the councils of nations. A year ago today, our enemies laid down their arms. 
sorry. <laughs> I copied it twice. I'm sorry. Uh, that was the, the speech that Woodrow Wilson gave on the first Armistice Day. And of note is the fact that the whole nation came together. Uh, yes, the soldiers went and fought and, and did what they needed to do to bring the victory. But it was uh, the, they couldn't have done it without the folks back home where they, they reconstructed our entire industry, uh, the automobile industry. In, in, they did the same thing in World War II, changed and, and began to focus on that one solid goal. And that's where we need to be. That, that's an important lesson for us, not only as a people, but as a church. We need to be focused on that one goal of giving the gospel to the world. Uh, it starts right here at home. It starts right here with your neighbors. So as, as we go into the message this morning, I, I want us to think through and, and understand what it takes to have war, but also what it takes to have peace. So today our text is going to be James chapter 4. And we're going to read through the whole chapter. But James chapter 4. The Bible says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts, that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw an eye to God, and he will draw an eye to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to, for that ye ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now re you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Father God, we love you. Again, we thank you so much for leaving your word for us. So that we would have this truth. <coughs> that we would know and understand your heart. And that we would be able to order our lives to serve you. So God, please guide and direct us today. We love you and we thank you for all that you're doing in us and through us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Now, the title of the message uh, is from the book by... Um, I completely forgot his name. But it's For Whom the Bell Tolls. I'm sorry, I cannot remember the author of that book. Ernest Hemingway. I wanted to say Orson Welles, but it's Ernest Hemingway. If you've ever read the book For Whom the Bell Tolls, it is basically the story of an American who is living in Spain, who begins to fight in the Spanish Civil War uh, to overthrow the fascists. and uh, He sacrifices his life uh, to go behind enemy lines and destroy a bridge so that the the enemy cannot respond and, and uh, counter an attack. And, and he ends up falling in love but ultimately gives his life in sacrifice uh, to save so many others and to bring uh, peace to the Spanish country or the country of Spain. And as I thought about Veterans Day and... and I think about all of the men and women who have come before us, who have fought and, and died and, and served so that we can have the liberty that we have today to do this. Because there are so many other countries around the world where this is not legal. Uh, I mean, even today, China and Japan, you cannot be openly a missionary serving God. You have to meet an underground, in underground churches. Um, we were blessed a couple of years ago with a, a missionary to Vietnam came to our uh, our missions conference down in Missouri, and he it was his turn to preach and he he didn't give a message he just uh, gave his testimony of what had happened for them to get there just for that conference to get back to the states and he he'd been a missionary in Vietnam for for a while and uh, it was right in the middle of COVID. And uh, as you know here, we had lots of different levels of uh, government interference in our lives during COVID. Uh, you know, California, you couldn't, you, you were very, very tight. Where we were at in Missouri, there were really no restrictions. Uh, they never closed churches. They never um, made it so that we couldn't meet. But in other places around the world... Uh, it was not like that, and he tells the story of being in Vietnam, and and they would randomly just shut down his building. Uh, they they were restricted to their wards, so uh, a ward is a voting district, uh, a neighborhood. It was about a six block, uh, you know, six block by six block radius where they could they could only move within that radius unless they had official papers from the government uh, to be able to to move. To another ward. The only people allowed in and out of the wards were people that were delivering medication or delivering food. Um, otherwise, you couldn't go. And he said he could, at any time he would walk down and and he could either be met by armed military men not letting him out of the building, or he would look in either direction, a block in either direction, and see armed military men standing at the at the intersections, directing traffic, keeping people from coming in and out. And uh, of course, uh, Vietnam is a closed country. Uh, he is not allowed to be a missionary in Vietnam, so he has to have a separate business reason to be there. Um, at that time, his daughters were just, one of them had just, they both just turned 18, uh, or one, 
Anyway, uh, one of them was going to have to leave the country because they were there on a visa. She was turning 18, being considered an adult, and did not have a business, so she did not have a reason to be there. So they were they were going to remove her from the country. Um, his father-in-law was having health issues uh, here in the States, and they wanted to get back. He was uh, on his deathbed. They wanted to get back to be able to, to be there when he died. And All of these things are happening, and... Uh, the, the very interesting part of all of that is the fact that their their visas, their passports, were not with them. They, they didn't keep them with them uh, for safety reasons. They kept them at their lawyer's office, which was like four or five wards away. And uh, they had bought plane tickets and were going to come back. And, and long story short, he ended up having to get on his motorbike. And this man is a, a, a typical American. He's about six feet, six inches tall about 280 pounds. He's a very large man that sticks out very much in Vietnam. And uh, he ended up having to get on his motorbike and travel illegally through these wards to get their passports and visas so that they could go uh, to get on the plane the next morning. And he just basically gave it to God. He said, look, this is I have to do this. We have to get out of the country uh, so that we can get our daughters where they need to be to go to college and we can see family and do all those things and and because of all the things that are going on and, and just his story of of God guiding and directing and going through barricade after barricade on the way out of where nobody was there but then on the way back he, he he's he's in a line of of about 12 scooters and like I said he's got a helmet on but he's much larger than all the rest and he's in the back of the line and and uh, they came up to a blockade that was actually staged, uh, manned, and, and they had, uh, you know, they had their army there with the, the rifles, and, and they pulled all these these motorbikes over. And uh, as they walked up to the first one, uh, the man in charge, with his his rifle in his hand, is going up to talk to the first the first uh, person on the scooter, and he looked back and pointed at this man, uh, at the, the missionary, and waved him through. The, the biggest man in the whole group that had absolutely no reason to be there, guaranteed, uh, was there completely legally. God let him go through, and he was able to get back. They were able to get on the plane and get back, and, and he was able to tell this story here in the United States. And because of it, uh, a young man who had been uh, dodging church, and we'd been praying for him with his mother for years uh, that he would get saved, was in the service that night, listened to the testimony, and got saved. Such a, a tremendous story. All of that happened because people were willing to serve and follow God. And we have that freedom here in the United States because people were willing to serve and follow God. That, that's really what Veterans Day celebrates is, is the service. If World War I had gone completely different, uh, I, Brother Jesse and Brother Adams uh, were talking about their heritage this morning, and I overheard part of the conversation. But uh, Brother Jesse, was it what letter did they drop out of, or what did they drop off of? That was Metzinger. Oh, the Metzingers. They they dropped the Z and changed it to an S to get away from the German uh, heritage because of uh, World War One and World War Two, and, and the way that that the Germans were portrayed, and they didn't want to be involved with any of that. But if World War One had not gone the way it did. Our country would be completely different right now. If World War II had not gone the way that it did, our, our country would be completely different. But understand in all of that, that that God allowed those things. 
Now, God didn't. That wasn't God's desire. That wasn't God's plan. But God allowed them so that we can learn and grow and serve Him. Just like He allowed, uh, as we looked at the book of Judges this morning, He allowed Abimelech to take power and to go and, and kill uh, his brothers and, and remove Gideon's house from Israel. That wasn't His plan. God's plan was for Israel to serve God and to love God and follow God. But He allowed Abimelech to, to be brought up to teach Israel. Excuse me, we've normally been going through the book of Esther uh, on Sunday mornings and, and we've, we've seen God begin to work as Israel is, has been taken or is captive, is, is now under the, the, the death sentence from Haman. Uh, we're seeing God begin to work, but God allowed all of that to teach Israel to, to show his power here to us so that we can know him and understand him. So where do we get messed up? Why do we war? Well, James chapter 4 tells us. Verse number 1 says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? War happens, death happens because of lust, because of pride, because of sin. It happens because we have chosen to disobey God. Strife in the church happens because we quit following God and, and we begin to follow ourselves. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 and chapter 3, when God created man, he created them perfect. Adam and Eve were sons of God. They were perfect. It wasn't until Eve looked at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that God had said, do not eat of this tree, and she lusted after it. She saw the fruit that it was good. She desired it because it would make her wise. It would give her something that she didn't already have. She wasn't content. And in her heart, that desire, that lust became an action and it became sin. And she sinned against God and gave to her husband who willingly ate of the fruit. And, and because of that, sin entered into the world. As we looked at, at uh, the book of Judges a couple of weeks ago, we looked at Jotham's prophecy and uh, he goes through the trees and, you know, the trees go, the forest gets together and they go to the olive tree and, and they, they seek the olive tree to, to rule over them and he doesn't want to rule over them. So they go to the fig tree and the fig tree doesn't want to. And then he goes to the vine and the vine doesn't want to. And then he goes to the bramble. The bramble wouldn't have existed had sin not entered into the world. In, in God's punishment in Genesis chapter 3... Let's turn back there real quick. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 17. says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Thorns and thistles did not exist until Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Brambles are a vine much like roses that have thorns. They are the crown of thorns that was crushed into Christ's head when he was crucified would not have existed 
except that sin had entered into the world. And then as you go on in Genesis chapter 4, you see Cain, you see Adam and Eve uh, become a family and they bear Cain and Abel and, and, and you see that war begin. You see Abel is willing to, to sacrifice and serve God in obedience the way God wants him to and Cain is doing it out of his own lust, out of his own pride. And, and Cain's sacrifice is rejected and, and in his anger and his hatred, he kills his brother. The first war happened because of a sacrifice that was not accepted by God because it was done incorrectly. And you can trace this throughout the Bible. I mean, Enoch, um, Jacob and Esau, we've been looking at Haman as a descendant of Esau. No wonder he wants to kill Israel. All of this because of lust and pride and sin. World War I started uh, because Germany wanted something they didn't have. They, they wanted to rule the world. They, didn't, they weren't happy just being where they were. So as we look at Armistice Day, as we look at Veterans Day, it's more than just celebrating those that have served, that have kept us, given us our freedom. It's really celebrating the freedom itself. Now, freedom only comes, true freedom only comes through God. It involves repentance, it involves faith, and it involves service. The only way that we can have what we have today, the only way that we have it is because at some point, men and women humbled themselves to serve a greater cause in faith, that, that this world would exist. If you go back to the founding of our country, uh, I have the, a picture of the Liberty Bell on, on the top of my, my uh, outline here. The Liberty Bell uh, got its name as it rang out the joy and the peace that, of the Declaration of Independence. As we declared our independence from England, if we were still an English colony, our world would be a completely different place today. Understand that the only reason that England is the way that it is is because we left and they saw how we, what we became and began to desire it. Not because uh, if we had not succeeded, if we had not declared our independence, England would still be governed by a king. It would still be essentially a dictatorship. But the Liberty Bell was used to declare, to, to ring out up until I think it's 1835 when, it, when the crack came, became, came into it as it, it rang uh, the funeral tones for one of the chief justices in Pennsylvania is when the crack began. But it's named the Liberty Bell because of the liberty that it's given us. Now, what is liberty? Liberty is freedom. But it's not freedom. It's not license. It's not freedom to do whatever you want. We in our country today, we have freedom. We can meet. We can worship. We can drive and have lunch this afternoon wherever we want. We can, uh, we can do all things 
that are legal for us to do, that our government has decided are, is legal for us to do. Let me repeat that, that our government has decided are legal for us to do. It's not that we can do all things. It's not that we can do anything we want. We still have to be guided and directed by a moral code. True liberty is found in Christ, is, is given to us by his death, burial, and resurrection, is not a license to do whatever we want or to live however we want. It's the freedom to live and serve him in the way that he wants us to serve. That's what we're celebrating today. That's what we should be thankful for today. Not just the men and women that have given their lives and, and hazarded their lives for us, but for our Lord and Savior who died for us when we were yet sinners. That gives us the opportunity, doesn't force us, he isn't a dictator, he gives us the opportunity to choose to serve him and live for him. Our government enforces its laws. If we speed, we get pulled over, we get a ticket. If we rob a store, we get arrested, we go to jail. If we refuse to serve God while we walk this earth, He has still given us the opportunity to serve Him. He still paid for all of our sins. So if we end up in hell, we end up there because of our own choice. If we lose reward, if we lose relationship with God, it's of our own choice. We looked this morning as, as the men of Shechem went into the, the house of Baal-Berith, their false god, for, for protection. They made that choice. God allowed them to make that choice. So today, as we go out and we, we celebrate, uh, we celebrate and we thank veterans for their service and, and we enjoy the freedoms that they've given us, we need to understand just what that freedom is. We need to understand just what God has done for us and it should create in us that desire to serve him. I know I've been talking about this a lot lately and it's really been on my heart because I know I don't serve him the way that I should. I know that I miss opportunities to be a witness. But I'm thankful that he is faithful, that he is long-suffering, and that he has given us this chance. So let me encourage you today as we uh, we close out. We're a little early, but as we close out this, after, this morning, to make this day a day of remembrance, to make this day a day of knowledge, of learning what true liberty is, and to make this day the first day to truly serve God with everything you have.
there are so many that did not come back from World War One. So many that did not come back from World War Two, and we could go on and on and on. They gave everything. The apostles, the first disciples, they gave everything to serve God. What are we willing to give?